This is BC Spritch, your look at the province's burgeoning distilling culture. What's happening, BC Spirits? It's another episode, and this week is sort of a throwback. It's an episode that's not too old on the Post Shift podcast, but I decided to, to regurgitate it and, and throw it out there um, in a way that you get a chance to hear it. It is uh, Sean Dalton from Marrow Vermouth. I absolutely love this guy. His eccentricities for vermouth and drinking vermouth and the culture around vermouth um, is kind of cool, and especially when we had um, Quinn Palmer on the episode a couple of weeks ago. Sort of just ties in this whole like vermouth culture that is growing in BC, and I'm really excited for it because I, I personally, I really, really love vermouth. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, thank you very much for the support, and uh, have a good week. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about content. You don't create, you just document. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I've been trying to up my game now that I'm back, especially with BC Spurs, because that went, it didn't, I'm sure no one else sort of saw it lax, but it lax yeah. while I was in Singapore just because I couldn't do like anything. anything yeah exactly you know so I just finished up a big fever tree project um, pairing gins and whiskies to all of western Canada it started out just as BC yeah, yeah. and then fever tree came back it's like oh there's like distilleries in Alberta and Yukon and Manitoba do you want to do all them too I'm like dude that's <laughs> that's, all, that's, that's like 125 distilleries yeah I think there's actually more than that so I've got like a lot of gin. Yeah, a lot of gin at my house right now because I had to reach out to all of them. Yeah. Um, my wife, again, like, two, oh, I was in Toronto when it came, like a pallet of tonic came. No way. From Fever Tree and just dropped off in my driveway. <laughs> oh, I had to go home and unload it into my basement. Yeah. Oh, that's, she's like a saint then. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, once we started really building out, like, just every day was a postage tag, a postage tag, a postage tag. Like, yeah, oh, please man. come next tomorrow and pick up this. And it was just box after box after box <laughs> after box of products. Well, that's all right, man. That's not yeah. a bad thing. You're gimlets like, you're gimlets for days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just get so tired of it, yeah. So I'm not sure if you've listened to my podcast, but I keep it super light and breezy. Yeah. Um, I usually start with, like, just introduce yourself and we go from there. Mm-hmm. So interest you and just go away. All right. Yep. Yeah. Could just go for it. Yep. Yeah. Well, it just starts then. Okay. <laughs> yep. Just just introduce yourself. To tell everybody what you do, what brand you're doing today. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, my name is uh, Sean Dalton, and uh, my brand is Marrow Vermouth. Um. Yeah. I'm just releasing uh, my second product. I did uh, Sweet Vermouth last uh, spring. Released that as sort of like a test to see if uh, this is something people wanted to drink and it went really well so now yeah I'm going forward and hopefully yeah we'll see it so I'll talk about it but yeah there's hopefully going to be about four products in the market before Christmas uh, comes around soon so whoa yeah so you're going from one to four SKUs before like in the next month yeah pretty much so yeah that's, the, that's the plan that's, well, the that's plan. a good at least you got a response like yeah. so that means like how long because I've got no concept of time being away um, how long ago did you start Marrow Vermouth I know was it January February uh, pretty much I started making that sweet uh, vermouth that I released in spring. I started making it uh, like late December of uh, 2018, basically. And then it was pretty much, I took a pretty slow approach to it. Obviously, it's like the first time I was doing, um, using this recipe in a larger batch and kind of get used to this process. So I just uh, was pretty careful, uh, not just like throwing a bunch of stuff into wine and booze and 
seeing what comes out. Just yeah, just really kind of going slow and adding a few ingredients, tasting that, see where it is, and uh, just uh, taking a more like a slow approach to it. But um, yeah, so it took a little while, but usually um, we'll see. It's uh, usually about a month it'll take to actually finish like a whole batch and stuff like that around there. So, so um, the first style you class as a sweet? Yeah, I would class that as a sweet. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, used a bunch of uh, like honey to sweeten it, and um, yeah, I would consider it sweet. And I would say my my one critique of it is I think it was a little too sweet. But <laughs> I think I, I think when people yeah. I think we've done blind tastings where we've we poured it with soda yeah. and tonic with people, yeah. and they just blow it blows their mind. Like, what is this? Yeah. And you're like, this is vermouth and tonic. Well, yeah. Not just vermouth and tonic. Yeah, yeah. But what made you think about doing a, a vermouth brand? Like, I think a couple like a couple of weeks ago, I interviewed Sean Byrne from mm-hmm. Might and I Madeini, however they pronounce it, yeah, yeah, yeah. from Australia. Yeah. And his was more sort of um, out of necessity when he started the brand. Yeah, like there yeah. was no decent vermouth on the Australian market. Yeah. What made you? What pushed you to do it? Because it's a gamble, like you said. Like, oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. We'll see if people like this. Yeah, like, it's exactly. not really a good. It's not a business model to sort of follow. Like, <laughs> yeah, let's just see. Let's make this the thing that uh, nobody usually drinks, and uh, let's also make uh, make it not only let's make a vermouth that uh, people you know, like use in a, a cocktail. It's like let's make a vermouth that you're not supposed to use in cocktails and just drink by <laughs> itself. Right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't know. It's a, it's something that I wanted to drink, um, and. Uh, uh, that's kind of how I've always done things in sort of like restaurant mm-hmm. um, liquor world. Um, like my background has always been wine. Um, like working with wine for you know over 15 years in different restaurants. I had a wine agency, uh, a natural wine agency. I was importing uh, stuff into Saskatchewan and Alberta for. You know, I guess we're going on about like eight years now. Um, but it was, but even that, um, you know, we're importing natural wines into Saskatchewan uh, for no other reason other than we wanted <laughs> to drink natural wines. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like me and my friend. Uh, and now everybody wants natural wines. Yeah, it's kind of it's just is a situation where it's like we can't get these wines that we want to drink in this place that we live. So let's make something so that we can drink these wines, right? So that we can have them on hand. Uh, and that's kind of the same thing with this vermouth. It's like uh, I did a lot of traveling to Spain for that wine agency actually it's, I had made a lot of amazing uh, friends uh, winemaking friends out there that's also where I came across this whole idea of drinking vermouth on its mm-hmm. own fell in love with that um, and just yeah I just kind of realized that there's a vermouth that uh, I like drinking vermouth and uh, I just wanted to make one that I really just wanted to drink on its own so that's what it was I, I think the good thing is the marrow vermouth sort of sits in that sort of family too because if you're like I love my vermouth, so mm-hmm. like drinking vermouths and stuff like that, especially Spanish ones. I think yeah, yeah. Spanish more than the French and Italian styles. Yeah, yeah, and definitely geared towards like the sherry drinking sort of style of yeah. pours. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I was curious about how you classified the first vermouth, the, the, the sweet, because it doesn't really fall into the same way that most bartenders or people in general know, like dry or sweet vermouth. Like it, it sort of sits in this. This special thing little spot in the middle, yeah, and that's uh, that's also yeah. That was it's just a little. It is a little bit different because it isn't. Uh, it wasn't a vermouth that you can just substitute into a mm-hmm. cocktail recipe that calls for a sweet vermouth and then um, get the same results. Because it's just it was just different. It's a little bit lighter. It wasn't. Um, it was meant to be just drunk on its own. So yeah. <laughs> and we were talking earlier before we went on on tape. Like your the response has been good. Yeah. Did you think you got it? I think. Do you think you launched it? This year is like that special 
time. Now I know in the geeky world that we oh, sort of yeah. live in that bubble that we live in, everybody's yeah. like geeking out about sherry and drinking yeah, and yeah. stuff right now. But like mass market appeal is still a little while away. Mm-hmm. Do you think you've launched just because I know that we were talking about uh, Como and Vancouver yeah. on Cross Drive snapped up a whole schwack load and I know everybody went mental of it here in Victoria. Yeah, yeah, was... Do you think you just launched it right at the right time when the gin vodka movement of the craft distillers have sort of has sort of started peaking and everybody's looking for some like modifiers to add to those craft spirits yeah using something different yeah I don't really know I kind of I didn't think about that like I said it just it's something I wanted to drink so I made it and I released it and it's kind of like uh, that is essentially all it was and it was just uh, I made it and I released it and then just had all these doors open up and people you know were just welcoming of it and uh, yeah that's it it's just it was it was easy to do you know because I just did it and then everyone said yep we're going to buy that. We like it. Keep doing it. Uh, and then uh, right now, I actually just moved into sort of like a permanent location where I'll be able to keep making stuff. Nice. I just the first batch at uh, Sage Hills Winery in uh, Summerland. So my friend Keenan, the winemaker there. And, uh, you know, over drinks where me and Keenan were always just talking about this vermouth idea and it's something I really wanted to do. So he kind of just said, you know what, like come to my winery and just do it. Like, let's stop talking oh, wow. about it and just like, you can use our license, use our tanks. Uh, nothing's going on in December, so just make it there. Um, and then I had some other friends that just told me that they had some wine I could use too. So that's essentially how it came about. It's something I wanted to make, but then I had this person open up the door and let me use their winery. And then I had these friends say, I've got some wine you can use if you want. It's just sitting around. So, uh, and then I released it and then you contacted me and said, this is interesting. And then I had restaurants call me and say, let's buy it. So it was just kind of like, uh, you know, I didn't really have to push too hard for it. It was just a lot of open doors. So it's, yeah, super thankful for that. But, uh, yeah. So, um, if you haven't seen the label, people really should check out your packaging. Yeah, is, <laughs> and I'm, you're, you're definitely a natty wine lover with your packaging. Because yeah, no, that's, that's kind of the world. Of, uh, <laughs> this is the brand new I'm label from. too? Yeah, this is the brand new label. So uh, I'm going to be doing, the way I'm approaching this now, now that I have like a permanent space, I'm kind of like actually putting a little bit more thought into it um, to figure out sort of like what I want to produce and sort of what my line is going to be and stuff. Um, so I, the plan right now is to be doing about three different main lines, sort of vermouths, mm-hmm. uh, that sweet, uh, this uh, this dry one, and then this one here, which is sort of like, um, like essentially like an Americano style. Okay. Um, vermouth and you know I just really like drinking that it's, again it's something I really like drinking so I'm just going to make it <laughs> um, so yeah that's uh, and then the, those labels are going to be all the same so um, it's this is the new uh, one that's uh, Stephen Compton, he's a comic book artist, illustrator, um, and just kind of, I really like the stuff that he draws, and I just let him do whatever he wants, so. And you and you literally just sort of gave him a rough estimation yeah, of what Yeah, I kind of wanted. gave him a rough idea. The idea kind of is, uh, if you see sort of like the classic vermouth labels, or mm-hmm. martini ones, you have these like big giant coat of yeah. arms, and we're like, okay, let's do like a coat of arms, but with like cyclopses and unicorns and <laughs> aliens and robots, so let's, let's make that happen. If, if you've ever looked at any of West I know you were at uh, Olo last night with West like your label literally is a West tattoo like oh, West, yeah literally, literally <laughs> I'm surprised that West has got like a couple of tattoos I'm just like dude why yeah. it's like I just let the uh, tattooers do his thing yeah exactly and it's uh, and it's fun too because I don't really want to you know it's going to be the same going forward it's going to be the same sort of layout <laughs> but we're going to be putting in different characters and just you know different experiences that we have we're going to kind of you know, inject that into what's and then print off a whole bunch and you'll have like limited edition bottles 
rules. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of how I'm approaching it. I don't really want to go... Um, it's just me doing it myself. Yeah. I don't have any plans to expand like that. I, I like doing it in small batches, you know, 60, 70 cases, cases of this. And um, I really like exploring sort of like different botanicals and ingredients and stuff that I have access to. So it's um, it's if I didn't have that opportunity to kind of play around and... Um, experiment with different things, I'd probably get bored of it really quickly. So it's kind of, I'm leaving room for that, you know, which allows me to like do different labels and, you know, get some individuality in like all the different releases and stuff. So where are you going to be based now? Now you've got a full-time base because I have to have my website now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in the civil community actually. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just another situation. It was just another door opened that I didn't have to push open. It was uh, my friends, uh, Aaron and Murray, uh, they do uh, scout vineyards. It's like okay. something yep. they, they just started releasing they're doing uh, some really amazing amphora uh, aged uh, Rieslings from the Snow Queen they're on the market right now um, but yeah their, their idea for their winery is they were going to do their own stuff uh, but they kind of wanted to open the doors for other sort of like like-minded producers people mm-hmm. that the really, smaller co-op style yeah the people uh, that are really interested in doing some different experiments uh, low intervention wines if mm-hmm. you want to call it um, uh, some people are just really they really want to do that um, and so yeah they just kind of opened the doors and they knew I was doing this move so they just said awesome yeah I, 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 I was in the Okanagan <laughs> with my yeah. family in my break between trips and uh it been probably two or three years since I've been up there mm-hmm. and I was blown away because you used to drive through like especially the Naramata bench you drive through and it's just vineyards yeah, like, yeah. just vineyards that you know are selling off to the big guys and that yeah, sort of yeah. stuff and now all these little vineyards have got wineries attached like everybody's just opened a winery like you drive yeah. down that strip towards Legend and Bella and Joie and it's just like winery 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 and they yeah, just always absolutely. sell it's just which is you know it's just really great because you know if you allow people give people the room to do things on a smaller mm-hmm. scale you're going to uh, get much more evolution, I think, in the products and uh, in the industry itself, right? If everybody has to invest tens of million dollars just to get one product mm-hmm. out, it's, you know, you have to kind of stay in the pocket. You have to kind of yeah. stay kind of safe. But if you give allow people room to kind of just do something inexpensively and uh, easily, they can, they have room to actually experiment and take a little, a few more risks and things like that, which yeah. is, you know, which is essentially why this exists. That's awesome. <laughs> so yeah. what are, you pulled me some of the, your new stuff. Yeah, so this is the new stuff. Uh, it's probably going to be uh, hitting some shelves uh, probably in about a week or something okay. like that. So we are uh, just, you know, we're right at the end of getting it all together. It's all bottled. Um, just waiting on a couple labels to come through. Um, well, how about all the labels? Uh, <laughs> and then a few other things. So I'm just getting, we're giving people a chance, so giving people a chance to try it out here right now. But uh, yeah, it's a dry vermouth, uh, two different uh, vintages of Pinot Gris going okay. into it. So it's a 2014 Pinot Gris from uh, Naramata, uh, and it's a 2018 uh, Pinot Gris from Summerland. Uh, that I blended together in a barrel, um, a couple of barrels, um, put uh, some bergamot leaf and some yarrow flour uh, mm-hmm. on the wine. I'll let that age for a while. Uh, the spirit itself is uh, from Simon at Elkmist in okay. Simon, so it's his base spirit. His, um, his stuff is really good, is that? Yeah, cool? yeah. yeah, his stuff is great. Um, and he's doing a lot of distilling for me, actually, so he's okay. distilling some wines and stuff that I'll be using as fortification base for the and new stuff. And it's crazy, too. Yeah, like, I know. <laughs> you see anyone in the Okanagan with the, the copper ring thing. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's just amazing. And, of course, he's just a really nice guy, and yeah. like, like I said, just another open door. But yeah. I needed somebody to do this distilling, and I needed some uh, spirit to use, and it's it was just right there. Right? You do so. crazy stuff. I do crazy stuff. Yeah, we should be best friends. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so 
but uh, yeah, so the this was from him there. Um, the uh, there's like kind of an anise flavor mm. in the background. That's actually a sweet Sicily root that I dug oh, up nice. uh, here on the island. Um, it's uh, Brooke and Ollie. They own Wild Mountain, yep. um, the restaurant out in Sioux there. Um, so yeah, her parents farm. She had this patch of sweet Sicily root, and she told me about it. So me and some friends went up there last time I was here and dug just it up. Dug and, it up. And, yeah, just dug it up. Um, sweet Sicily root is like amazing. It's uh, uh-huh. it's got this like incredible. Like, it's a candied fennel seed sort of smell. Use the leaf before. Yeah. Okay, yeah. The root itself is just even more sort really? of like intense. It's like really, it's you, you open it up and it's got this like sappy viscousness to it and it's just this really intense smell. It was amazing. Like when we're digging it up, you know, of course you smell all the dirt and stuff like that, but it's just like in that area that fennel and these yeah. smell just like permeated the whole area it was pretty cool so how many times did you wash your hands just to get rid of it oh yeah exactly. <laughs> I was driving home my hands sticking to the wheel and all that but uh, but yeah that was it so this little anise there's sweet sicily roots um, of course there's chamomile mm-hmm. uh, that kind of comes through that little floral um, thing and you know I, I really like very pretty smelling vermouth samaros it's kind of I just know that's what I gravitate towards so that's kind of what I try to make myself um, yeah, so there's some pineapple weed in there. There's some linden blossom that I picked uh, from a tree just next to the guys at Nomad Sidery and somewhere in there. So he's got a. He called me up one day and he said the linden tree is going. The bees are getting at it. So. Time to get it. Um, yeah, so I went down there and picked a bunch there. Awesome. Um, yeah, so that kind of comes through. Um, and I finished it with uh, some orris root, so like the more sort of like traditional, I guess, mm-hmm. vermouth ingredients would be the orris root, and I yeah, dried lemon peel as well as in there. Um, and that's also like the project for me is really about exploring all these botanicals and all these ingredients and stuff that we have around us that uh, that are here, but also I'm trying to make a vermouth, so um, also incorporating those like native ingredients mm-hmm. with traditional vermouth ingredients that you would see in France and Italy and stuff like that and you know making something that's like reminiscent of those styles of vermouth but very much a local BC Are you finding your turnaround on developments quicker these days? Like with the first one taking the months that it took is this are these ones now that you're doing three more skews before Christmas is the turnaround on development a little bit quicker you know sort of no extraction points and how things are going to behave A little bit I mean like I said before, that I, I like the fact that I'm experimenting a lot. So <laughs> I know that the, like the next time I do the sweet vermouth, it's going to go a lot quicker. Yeah. Um, I kind of took a similar approach to this dry, where it's going very slow and um, just kind of taking my time with it and not wanting to over extract things mm-hmm. and just. Uh, yeah, like I said, just taking my time with it. Um, I, the more times I do a certain style or work with a certain recipe, obviously it's going to get bigger. Um, do you find this one's more of a cocktail mixing one, or are you yeah, still absolutely? Yeah, yeah. Um, I said from the start that everything I make, I wanted to be. I'll, I'll release it when I want to drink it on its own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it should be just fine on its own and delicious, and something you want to drink like that first, uh, and then um, then afterwards. You know, go ahead, play with it in cocktails, use it and things like that. But the, the first thought is, let's make it drinkable on its own. It's pretty wild, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I think it's definitely good drinking on its own. Uh, it is a higher alcohol percentage, mm-hmm. so the last one was, uh, I can't remember, it was like a 16, just under 16%. This one is more, um, is 19.5, um, so it's got a little bit more weight to it. Um, so it is going to, I think it's going to play a lot better in different cocktails, and a lot of bartenders are going to have some fun with it. And, um, yeah, and I kind of 
I don't mind that. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't like I like drinking dry vermouth on its own. I usually would gravitate towards the That's sweet style. Um, but uh, so definitely when I was making this, I kind of wanted it to play a little bit better with uh, you know on the shelf of the bartenders, mm-hmm. right? So. Um, yeah, very nice. And what's the third one you brought us? Uh, so the other one is uh, something I'll be releasing next month. It's what I'm kind of calling my um, like Americano style vermouth. <laughs> so uh, the wine base is uh, Pinot Noir, Syrah, and uh, Pinot Gris. So it's kind of a rosé blend that I macerated uh, with uh, some rose petals, some lavender, some hibiscus flower. Um, so just like a really fruity... That's not what I expected when I tasted it. Yeah. <laughs> on the nose, you get that super dry, like, sarsaparilla barky sort of, yeah, like, yeah, kick to it. And yeah. then on the palate, it's not like that at all. It's like fruit punch. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. So the wine the wine base itself is, like, really fruity, really delicious. It's uh, just something I would just like drinking on its own. Uh, and then the idea is the um, spirit base is actually where you get all that rooty mm-hmm. sort of, like, uh, spice qualities. So star anise, some rhubarb roots, some colon nut um, in there. So it's got that like sort of like, yeah, really dry, bitter, rooty sort of uh, spirit base with like a really fun, pretty, pleasant wine yeah. base. So, yeah. You think it's going to be sweet, sweet, and then like there's no cloying to it whatsoever. No. Like no. it just dries out on the palate. Yeah, part. see, I'm pretty happy with uh, where the sugar level is with this one. Uh, and this is sort of just, uh, it is the wine base. It's not the actual spirit base that I'm going to be using. It's something I did on a little smaller scale just to test out some, like my recipe and stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty happy with the level of sugar in it. I think like the sweetness, bitterness level was like plays pretty nice uh, with that. So I'll probably keep that the same. Um, you will probably see like there's a lot of that star anise mm-hmm. like right on the nose. So I've been telling other people when I'm enjoying it, I really want to put in another flavor in there, kind of elevate mm-hmm. something or bring that down. And um, but I mean, getting back to like how I make this stuff, that's how I make it. It's you put it together, you taste it, and you go, okay, I really, I want something else in there. I want to bring this yeah. up or that and. Uh, I have the opportunity to do it, especially with this space that I'm in right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think this uh, one thing with going as a bartender is everybody always sees your successes, like a cocktail competition win and all mm-hmm. this sort of stuff, and then they don't see how many cocktails you throw down the sink. Yeah, because exactly. it was just horrible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all in the same DNA and the same line, but it's just one variation with the right combination. It's just the one that wins you the competition, but the ones that came up before that just did not work. Yeah, exactly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, with anything, it just takes time and it takes testing and you just got to do it. You got to keep working on it. And um, yeah, all this stuff, it's uh, like I'm, you know, Probably, I mean, I, there's some things about this dry that I wish I could change right now. <laughs> um, but uh, there's things about the first sweet that I wish I could change. But overall, I'm pretty happy with how they've come out. I think, and I think they're delicious, right? So. And you said you got one more skew coming out before Christmas. Can you divulge what that one is? Yeah, it's going to be an Amaro, actually. Sweet. So yeah, so I've got an Amaro that I'm working on. Um, I'm really with the Amaro. I'm really trying to focus on uh, local honey. Um, okay. Really try to like you know use that ingredient and kind of explore that ingredient a lot. I'm using a pretty traditional standard like mm-hmm. rooty sort of rhubarb root based um, botanical blend for it um, but then the sweetener is going to be a honey and um, like tasting a bunch of different unpasteurized honey uh, like wildflower honeys and strawberry leaf honeys yeah. and all these like really really interesting flavors uh, that are nice. So I really want to try to you know kind of show those the, the variety of flavors mm-hmm. that are in honey itself and how like this ingredient is sort of like a reflection of season mm-hmm. and time and place and stuff. I think it's that's that to me is really interesting. 
Um, so yeah, and just the, doing an Amaro is like a perfect place, I think, to kind of you know explore that, show that, and so. tie it all off. Yeah, exactly. So um, I'm pretty happy with the, where it is. I got a like a, I did a couple little tester bottles. I gotta fix the sweetness level, I think, in that. But you know, but it's also it's playing with honey. It's, like it's a, hard because like yeah. <laughs> I find with Amaros, the ones we have here in BC, they go top like either end of the scale. Mm-hmm. But then you start t- tasting Amaros from Italy, and it's like. Well, you're going to be a Fernet Bronco, yeah, or a Fernet style, yeah, or a Sweeter Montenegro, yeah, or a deeper Averna, yeah, or yeah. <laughs> like, and everything else in between, yeah, yeah. And so, like, people go, "Oh, I, I like Amaro." I'm like, "Yeah, but but what kind of Amaro?" Like Montenegro yeah. is it's like saying like it's like saying like vegetables. It's like okay, but yeah, or well, saying you don't like Chardonnay. Yeah, oh, come there on. You go. <laughs> so you. Uh, are you happy with it, how everything's turned out? The response, everything like that? From yeah, a, not from a passion point of view, but like from a business point of view. Yeah, it's been going pretty well. It's, uh, it's, and like I said, it's just been kind of like a series of open doors for me. Um, getting this going and uh, kicking it off, and finding a space, and like getting more contacts and selling. And uh, I've got product that's going into Ontario right nice. now. Wow! So um, hopefully, I'll be in Alberta pretty soon. Uh, shipping some off to my friends in uh, Saskatchewan <laughs> pretty soon for some some restaurants there. Um, I mean. It's like like I've been involved in sort of the wine world, and mm-hmm. importing and selling and doing that for for a while here. So that definitely helped. You know, when I released a product like this, I kind of you know had some contacts already and knew how that sort of world works. <laughs> also, yeah, I was kind of lucky that way. And then of course you reached out, and I didn't know anybody here in Victoria. And then you reached out, and the next thing I know, it's I like to find weird stuff. I'm the same as you. I like the weird stuff. Give me yeah. weird stuff, and I'll be happy. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm always down for weird stuff. Um, because we will, we've got uh, we've got the Esquimalt Rosso here mm-hmm. now too. Yeah, yeah. From the guys at Rootside, they've done a really good job with that as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a, and that is just like it's such a different one. I mean, people yeah. people are asking, it's like, oh well, so you have competition. It's like, well, not really. It's like, so different. It's really different. <laughs> it's like, like you got that savory side yeah. to it that's really interesting. And yeah, so it's you know, yeah. more make more <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and that's and that's my thing is like I think in the last six months we've seen sort of a peak of all the craft spirits because everybody's gin and vodka and whiskey's starting to come out now. But it's those weird modifiers. Yeah. That, like, I'm always blown away whenever I do a BC Spirits tasting panel. I'm like, okay, well, I'll do a certain category. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this ain't going to be like four or five. That'll be a nice little easy episode. Then all of a sudden I have 14 things yeah. in front of me. I'm like, oh, crap, I didn't think this one through. Yeah. Like, even for Ruth, like, they were, I think when we first did when Marrow first came out like yeah. Solomon and I we, we sat down with 11 vermouths yeah exactly in yeah. BC yeah <laughs> <laughs> I've been caught out a couple of times where I'm like I'm just going to get this episode done I'm like I'm going to do something like coffee liqueur and there's yeah. eight coffee liqueurs oh, I'm like oh yeah. man this is going to be rough <laughs> I did one episode that never made it to air because I did 14 um, grape apple and pear brandies okay yeah and I know at the very end I rewatched I'm like whoa you like, were you were sliding I was drunk yeah he was sliding okay let's put this up into the grape and then apple and pear yeah let's do two episodes yeah because I walked upstairs and I went and the wife's like you okay I'm like no why not I'm, I'm not gonna I'm, I am not posting this video <laughs> well thank you very much Sean I know yeah. you're gonna be uh, seeing around town if you want to reach out to Mara Vermouth uh, best ways to go to the website um, just, inst- just Instagram, Instagram, email me, Sean at Um, yeah, that's on the website, but you know, I usually just post stuff on Instagram and message people through there or email. It's easiest way. Perfect. Thank you very much for sitting down, buddy. Mm-hmm. Thank you.